Welcome to another week of episodes from the Luck Stops Here podcast. I am your host, Scott Bowser. I have a fun week ahead for you. This episode is with my buddy, old pal, L.A. Kings Hawk. I have two L.A. Kings Hockey fans this week. That's how great I am. I got my man. This, this For this episode, it's my buddy, Brooks Whelan. Uh, you may know him from like his Comedy Central specials, his work on Saturday Night Live, where he was a cast member um and you know he's done all kinds of other shit he's great he's hilarious we have fun he tells a great story on here about how he let it ride when he was younger out here and how he doesn't like to gamble because of that any much anymore so uh definitely check this one out thank you so much and make sure you smash that subscribe button and uh give us a little uh five star rating and leave a review all that stuff's helped and uh We've been slowly cracking charts here and there on the weeks. I'd like to stay there. All right. I'm tired of flirting with the charts. I want to stay there. So thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate. And, uh, you know, if you can share it with anybody, that would be great. And here is Brooks Whelan. All right. I am here with the man, the one, the only Brooks Whelan. Brooks, how you doing, man? God, this is the greatest, greatest uh, year of my life. Uh, I'm perfect, man. Nothing's ever gone as good as the last 13 months. The last 13 months have been fantastic. You've been mm-hmm. camping quite a bit. I have, actually. Yeah, I'm going. I was just looking up right now. Uh, I was kind of headed out towards you. Um, I didn't want to go. Carl Hess talked me into this place called the Mojave uh, National Preserve. Yeah, um, I know it. Looks kind. I told him I bet we're going to run into some tweakers on dirt bikes, but he says that we'll be able to dodge you know what's really cool that I've seen out that way is these dudes that have like wind sail type things, but it's like got big off-road tires on it. I mean, I hate all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be around any motors when I'm camping. No, Carl's it's, all- it's, it's no motor. It's like a windsurfing thing. Okay. I like that a whole bunch. Yeah. It's like a sail on a board and you got like off-road wheels on it and it's like you like sail the sand. Uh okay, I am excited now. <laughs> like I've seen that I've seen that out in the Mojave area. What people don't realize is the Vegas Valley area here is surrounded by three national parks. Basically, what do you got? Zion. Uh, we got. I live right by Red Rock. That's on the west side. That's not a national park. That's a state park. State. Uh, it's a, yeah. Well, it says national preserve. National preserve. Okay. Okay. I'll take okay. that. Yeah. And then there's uh, I think is it Sloan or Zion or whatever. And then you have uh, Lake Mead. Yeah, no, that's um, I used to go to Las Vegas and I I mean, we can talk about how I banned myself from there by the ripe age of 22. But uh, <laughs> I yeah. And then like I hadn't gone and I just kind of like and then also the whole thing about Las Vegas is it's like within two hours of like some of the most beautiful shit on planet Earth. Yeah. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty wild. Like uh... it's. It's fucking incredibly located for not Las Vegas. Like like Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a piece of shit. Fuck this town. But it's surrounded by the coolest stuff in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You have everything else. Like, no, it's it's kind of funny how that end up, ends up working. Like, and like, I don't think, uh, you know, like D.C. can't say that. It's just a swamp, you know, riding no. in a hole. Like, yeah, nobody can say that. Like, uh, it's just like people are. I grew up in Iowa. They're like, I could never deal with traffic. And I'm like, could you also never deal with the ocean, mountains, the desert, uh, a forest? Yeah. Fuck you. Shut up. I don't mind it taking me uh, it, an hour to get to the beach where for you, for 60 miles, it takes you an hour to get to Cedar Rapids. Congrats. Have fun at the Lindale Mall. 
Deep reference, dude. Deep reference. I don't have time for Westdale. That's all the way over on the West End. Dude, uh, no, like I'm like 25 minutes from Mount Charleston, and I haven't yeah. been yet. But I got you know, it's like an alpine forest, 30 minutes, 35 minutes from the strip. Like, yeah, I mean, and also, like, I mean, now that I'm like old enough to not, uh, like need to black out the second I get into Las Vegas. Maybe I, I should go back and just check out old Vegas, you know, cause I like that Fremont shit. Like that's like cool. Like when, you know, this is all done. Yeah, no, um, there's some really good spots there. Like the red rock casino near the red rock national preserve is fantastic. Yeah. And you got like that cool setting out. Like you're not like in the city at all. You're out like way out on the outskirts of town. Like it's pretty cool. Mm hmm. I was in uh, Boulder City uh, in August. I kayaked down the Black Canyon uh, Gorge. You would, uh, you should do that sometime. It's really cool. That sounds awesome, man. How was it? And it's, it's really close to you. You could do a day trip of it. It, it was, it was incredible. I did a three-day uh, backpacking uh, where we had to portage your own water and everything. It was me and my ex, uh, and we had a, we had a wonderful time. It was uh, great. They just drop you in right below the Hoover Dam and then pick you up like maybe. 25, 30 miles downriver. So it's up to you how long, how fast you want to do it. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool though. It, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. We were the only people on the river. It was so, uh, um, it was so fun. I've always wanted to do the big inner tube challenge they do down at Laughlin. Was that? It's like they get, like, they do like a Colorado river inner tube challenge and people go from like Laughlin, uh, to like Havasu. And that's far. Yeah, it's like uh like thirty. Is it far? It's like thirty miles, I want to say. I mean, that's 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 the long day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Rutherford did a fun thing when we were up in Alaska in Denali, and uh, we threw a bunch of ducks. I mean, it sounds like pollution, but uh, we did it anyway. Uh, I hope to think that they collect all the ducks, but you write your name on a duck, you buy a duck for $5 and then there's a duck race. Like once, like the first Saturday of every month and they throw them in the stream and whoever's duck, you know, it's like a thousand ducks comes across wins, you know, like a fuck ton of money. So we both put in and, and we just assume we didn't win because no one called us, but it sounds like a pretty good scam. Actually. Yeah, yeah. We'll call you if your duck, it wins. I heard about a high school prank recently. That was amazing. Where, they released two pigs on the campus yeah, and put number one and number three on them and had them run around. So then the That's... faculty's sitting there thinking there's a number two out there running around that they haven't found yet. That sounds like an urban legend. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know about this prank. My it happened in my dad's like high school, I guess. Uh, very funny. And the ending was even better. These two guys, uh, like filled up like a big paper bag with like wet manure, like wet cow shit. <laughs> and then they went into the bathroom and they just snipped the end, you know, the corner of the bag and then twirled it around their heads. So it was just like spraying shit all over the bathroom. Oh my God. Dude. Yeah. And then they, you know, then they got caught and <laughs> They, uh, the principal or whatever, took him in the bathroom and gave him each a toothbrush and one and one washcloth. And he said, it needs to be spotless. If these go wrong, use your clothes. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, but like, what a good, like, you guys think that's funny? Well, now I get to prank you. You'll fuck, like, 
perfect. Yeah, don't get caught. That's the moral of that. Do story. not get caught. No, I got caught one time. I always used to do this thing where I would wet toilet paper and throw it against the uh, mirror in the bathroom. Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, yeah it's fun, stupid, you know, fun, innocent. Um, but uh, it's on there and then it dries and all hard and clump. Well, I mean, it's just like it's so funny. There's nothing funnier. And uh, I was wrestling. Um, <laughs> I was fucking wrestling at the at the conference t- tournament. I was a freshman. I was uh, I was. Good for a freshman, but not good for varsity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I got beat out probably early in the tournament. I was no longer wrestling in the tournament. Uh, <laughs> and so I go into the bathroom or whatever. I don't really give a fuck. I'm bummed. And I do a big, I like filled up. It was at Prairie High School in Iowa. And uh, I do a big toilet paper thing and I chuck it against the wall. So my other friend sees it and we both laugh and turn around. And this guy's like, what the fuck was that? And it was <laughs> it was the athletic director for that high school. And I'm wearing my full wrestling warm-ups. Like I'm dressed like I'm wrestling in the tournament. And the dude's like, What's your name? And I go, I'm an eighth grader. And he goes, <laughs> Why do you have all the varsity gear on? I go. I I like to pretend I I'm on varsity. He goes, <laughs> I, he goes and it says Dubuque Hempstead on it. He goes, if I take you to your coach, will he know who you are? I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So he was like, he, similar saying. He's like, you need to clean up this bathroom, and then I'll let it go. I was in like three hours. Like I missed the whole tournament just in there, being like, oh, I'm so fucked. At least you didn't uh, have to uh, clean up like, like splattering like, shit all over the no, wall. No, but at the same guys. time, I wouldn't do that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wanted to get like uh, when this is over, I wanted to get like a busload of uh, homeless guys out here because desert homeless is very rough, dude. Like, I mean, it's getting wild over here right now. Uh, like they've been like, cause it snowed out here a couple weeks ago. And, oh really? Yeah, and it gets some maybe like one sixteen or so in the summertime, one twenty. So the guy, the person who can handle the snow and the extreme heat's a special type. And uh, I want to load up a busload of them, take everybody out to lunch at Trump Tower. Is oh I forget there is a Trump Tower. Yeah, dude, uh, I, I work like right across the street, and the sun at a certain hour will start shining into the office next to the room where I work in. Like and it's just like this weird glow tint, like that shines through the entire fucking uh, office with from Trump Tower. It's disgusting, dude. And you know what's funny is the letters on it started flickering out the night before the election. Really? Yeah. Right then, I knew him all. He's fucked. Oh, <laughs> even Vegas is turning on him. Yep. Uh, so okay. Well, that's cool. How's everything else going for you out there? No, pretty good. Uh, I, I was telling you earlier, I'm uh, about to get a new car, and so I'm excited about that. Getting like a four by kind of thing, so like a uh, not an off road, but like an SUV. So I am looking to do kind of some uh, trips more uh, into the mountains and stuff. Yeah, on. well, I actually I drove through Las Vegas during the first shutdown, like um, because I I took off and I was going to go stay in Canyonlands out in. Um, Eastern Utah. I was just gonna, I was like, I'm going to set up shop in Eastern Utah and I'm just going to fucking live here in, in a cave, which I found a cave to live in. It was awesome. That's pretty badass. 
Yeah, it was cool as fuck. It, it had like a little uh, slot that I could cook in so the smoke wouldn't go into the cave. Uh, I was living like with with the girlfriend. Lucky um, a bear didn't claim it already. Well, I mean, it was pretty, who knows? I <laughs> I don't think there's bear. It was pretty deserty. But yeah. I had to come back to LA to do some bullshit. And uh, we drove through Vegas. Um, and this is, you know, mid-March when everything, that we don't know what the pandemic is yet. We don't know that it's only going to kill like your oldest great aunt. Um, and then the occasional, like, how did that person die? But um, so it was like nuts. It was like military, like lockdown. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, no, um, like the strip was completely dead, quiet, no one on it, just fucking ghost town. Like they had to well, it wasn't even ghost town. It was like they had to military up. guards were yeah, set up. They had to board up a lot of the spots because they don't have doors on them. Yeah. Um, well, the funniest thing I heard is one of the uh, bars down this, like, eh, like about three, four blocks down from me, they had to get a key because they opened, they had to get a locksmith over and put, like, because they fucking, they opened in like 2005 and all the bars here are 24 hours. So they had, yeah, made- they hadn't closed since 2005 or whatever when they opened and they needed, they lost the key, like, whoever had it. That's incredible. You know, so did you ever go over to the the power violence mansion that I lived in? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I lived, uh, so for your listeners, I lived in uh, a mansion. A legitimate mansion with an elevator in it um, up in the hills of Los Feliz. It's the Hollywood Hills and then across the 101, it's the Los Feliz Hills. And we lived in Los Feliz Hills and uh, I lived there one year. And when I moved out, I realized I never received a key when I moved in. The door was never locked for one second of the whole year. <laughs> we just had an open, the door would be open at all times. And I lived in the first room on the left. So if you're going to rob it, I'm the first guy getting robbed. Yeah, I remember exactly. You had that first room, like there was that staircase walked up in the big entryway. Yeah. And your red room was right there. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like, if you're coming in and you turn left, I'm in there asleep. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you have any uh, uh, unwelcome like guests, like su- surprises like that? I'm wondering if you ever had like a coyote just walk into the house. <laughs> no. Um, the only thing that would happen would be I'd come home and people would be partying in my room and I would have to be like, get out. Uh, yeah, I, I was attempting to be a grown up. So it would be confusing, I guess. Some parties I would be like partying and then other parties i'd be like you guys need to grow up like it was very (laughs) that part of my life where i couldn't figure out what i like who if i was done with it or not it's funny like dude like that sucks coming home you come home people are in the room already yeah in my in 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 my mansion it's in a mansion there's already plenty of places to go party there's no reason to be in the room i got really pissed one time some kids some like uh they were always filming in the mansion too. And I came home from work and I was also the only guy with a nine to five and I came home from work and they were shooting in my room and they'd taken down all my posters and I just fucking lost it. I was like, are you serious? They're like, well, put them back up. I go, no, you don't just take, you don't shoot in my room and take down my posters. Also, I found out one time cause I was like touring a little bit. Uh, I left and they shot this whole, they oiled buddy up in baby oil and had him eat Pringles naked on the ground. And I saw the video and it took me a second before I was like, that's my room. You guys moved all my stuff out of my room and oiled buddy up in here. 
what the fuck? Yeah, they oiled Buddy up to shoot a sexy Pringles shoot. Dude, like that must be the worst. Like, you're watching, like wait, that's my room. Yeah, I was like this is this is kind of funny, but there's something I don't like about it, and it's that that's that's my room. Something off about this. I'm not why didn't you? Why wouldn't you shoot this in Buddy's room or in a bathroom? Yeah, he had a room. In- wow, that's yeah, that's something. That place did have a man, uh, uh, fucking elevator though. That was cool as fuck. What did it do? It went from the basement up to the fucking like second floor. Yeah, yeah, and it, anytime the elevator started moving, it was bad news. Because <laughs> nobody who lived there used it. We, it you know, the, an elevator in your a mansion wears off within like two or three days. Yeah. So it just meant that like a bunch of people on drugs were about to just come into your room because <laughs> it opened directly into rooms and yeah. no one used it but wasted people who wanted to ride an elevator. Thanks. So like uh, it would either open into... Clay, Clay and Rod's room, uh, Tamba's room, or the basement. And usually it would come up from the basement. And the basement was where a lot of the drugs happened. So <laughs> if you heard it coming from the basement, Tamba would be praying it wouldn't open in his room. <laughs> and Clay and Rod would be praying it didn't open in their room. Oh, man. I want to, I, I've, uh, dabbled with the idea of just getting a houseboat and living on that like down at the river like, yeah i mean i had a joke the other day about like when we were little um and matt foley was like i live in a van down by the river we're like that's so sad but now i'm like that sounds fucking dope that sounds pretty you know my nephew he's like 25 26 hit me up and was saying thinking about because he just bought some like thirty thousand dollar truck and he's like already over it and he's like thinking about just getting a van and you know living in that and traveling or i'm like He's, you know, because he's, he's a mechanic and he can push his van out. He's, he works on cars and stuff. So, I mean, but I couldn't yeah. see myself. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I could live the van life. No, I also hate the idea of van life. Like, it's like, it's kind of a rich privileged life that like uh, people have to live. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, because I, I do love camping and I, I really like it. I have, I have a Subaru, I have a 2012 Subaru Outback that I'm like, this has everything I need. It's reliable. It, it's all wheel drive. It's not annoying. I can fit everything I need in it. And I'll just sleep next to it in a tent. You have like this whole idea, hashtag van life is so, I like am so annoyed when those fucking people show up next to me because they're just, they're not. I'll say it. They're not campers. You're not camping. You're they're, driving a little hotel around. Fuck they're, you. They're tailgating. You're tailgating. Yeah. They have cable in there. Like it's, they sit next to their van. Like, they I set mean, up the easy up outside the van. They got the whole package. Like, I mean, there's a big, there's a giant, giant difference between like Alex Honnold and the, the guy who the, the psychopath who climbs half to him. Like that man literally lives in his van and climbs every day. Like that's not who I'm talking about. Yeah. That guy could murder me with his fucking thumb and he rocks. Uh, but I'm talking about like the whole idea of like, in, like influencer van life or whatever that I'm just like, that's so yeah. whack. This is stupid. The Firefest van people. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The Firefest of people. I think Firefest 2 needs to happen. I think if Firefest 2 is the first big event post pandemic. It'll be one of the, it'll make up for the epic failure it was the first time around. My, my joke was, uh, God saw us all laugh at Firefest and went, now I make everything Firefest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like it. Those kids just wanted to see Blink 182. 
They wanted to hang out with Ja Rule and uh, Emily Ratajkowski. Dude, I tried to get uh, this girl I'm hanging out with to, well, I didn't try to. She was like, let's watch something chill tonight. And I was like, have you seen the Firefest doc? This is last night. And she was like, uh, no. And then we watched the trailer. I was like, see, it looks fun. She goes, it looks like a real life Lord of the Flies. I don't want to watch that. That's not chill. That's exactly what it was. That's what I mean. Yeah. But it was like Instagram influencer Lord of the Flies, which is no. That's funny. it was fun. Yeah, it was like a Black Lives Matter protest where only the you hated everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> like it was you know how the Black Lives Matter got trapped on the Brooklyn Bridge and yeah. it was awful and terrible. That's what it was. Only I hated everyone on the bridge. Yeah. They, they weren't standing up for anything important. They were standing up for nothing. They were standing up for trying to get out of the Bahamas. <laughs> dude the funniest thing about that to me is the way like they okay now which documentary did you go to watch did you go to watch the uh hulu one first right okay no uh we were gonna watch the netflix one because i typed in which one to watch and i wanted to watch the one where the dude's like i blew him like that's like yeah. that's a good enough that's the netflix one yeah because the hulu i my buddy was a executive at hulu and he like told kind of i talked to him about this right after it came out was their big I mean, like stroke. I like them both, but go ahead. Explain the difference. Well, the Hulu one, they released a few days before. So, like, the Netflix one had been getting a bunch of advertising going up for it, going, like, this is going to come out this day. Hulu didn't even announce they were making one. It just dropped it, like, three days before Netflix dropped theirs. And it was, like, a classic pull the rug out, no one mm-hmm. saw it coming type move. But the thing with the 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 Hulu one is at the end, they make you very clear that, the fuck Jerry production team was behind the Netflix one that's about to come out soon. Oh, and they were the guys who marketed the fest. So yeah, this their film might be a little slanted towards them. We told well, you the real story, kind of thing. Well, I, I'll be honest. The uh, as much as fuck Jerry sucks, um, they had better production value and a lot more money, and it looked better. Yeah, yeah, they had that Netflix deal and whatnot. And well, was- it's just like, do I want? an unauthorized one where they had to like steal footage or do I want the pieces of trash who had high def cameras for the guys like, yeah, I blew another guy. Cause why? Cause we, <laughs> like, what was the guy blowing the guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like cleaner and slicker. Um, and, uh, I don't know. You're not going to, those, those fuck Jerry guys. I mean, they, I don't even know how to equate like what their job, like how hated they are. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, didn't they work for like fucking Bloomberg or who, who was the guy? Yeah, yeah, I think one of them was with like Bloomberg. And I think they're all, I mean, they're basically all like modern day, like Don Draper reject, like Madison Avenue reject type guys that, that, yeah, that, that realize, I'm, Hey, we can meme our way to the top by stealing other people's shit. I feel like fuck Jerry is like, what if vice wasn't cool and vice already isn't cool. Yeah. (laughs) What if we took this lame thing and made it mainstream lame? Like they're both dumb. Yeah. It's like making it going from like, Hey, like vice is basic cable lame, but fuck Jerry is, is like, even despite the, don't let the name fool you. They're like CBS level lame. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't I like, I, forget, I pitched something to Vice one time, and then I was like, I don't know, let's get Exhibit to, like, also co-host it with me. And they were like, ooh, that's not a bad idea. And I was like, I was fucking joking. Oh, my. 
like, oh, like tricked them. For their, like, how about future? And like, we actually know future. Would you want to? Oh, my Ugh. God. Oh, God. That, that. That being said, love to have a travel show on Vice, but then again, I'm not going to do. Uh, my pitch was like, I don't know, and then also I'm on Salvia the whole time. What do you want? I don't know. You know, just a couple of weeks ago here, I or last week, I cracked the like up to number seventy four here, and then like uh, in the top two hundred in Sweden in travel and places pot because I list this as a travel show. <laughs> and so give me a heads up i've been traveling a lot yeah so i've been cra- you know cracking the travel rankings now i figure the comedy uh rankings are a little too crowded you know it's up you know being in the travel market you know it's pretty yeah. uh, pretty wide open well congrats man that's awesome uh shout out to all my swedish friends i've been to uh copenhagen and i looked across a bridge and i think i saw your country <laughs> i was like isn't that denmark but that makes- yeah but there's a bridge to sweden <laughs> Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I didn't go over it, but I think I waved. That's that. I, I like the idea of, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of borders, really. I think they're kind of silly, but a bridge to a new kind, like, you know, like, that's pretty cool. What are you talking about? You, well, how like, are you not? Like the concept of like, like hardcore border enforcement for like, it's all the planet, you know, like it used to just be like ro- roving groups of uh, nomads kind of going around and like, and then, then we just decided one day we're gonna put lines in these places, and then you're from these places now. Like, I don't think it was like all of a sudden out of nowhere. I think it was a slowly evolving. They, they kind of, like, it's, this yeah. is mine. This is mine. Don't come over here, and I won't go over there. And then they came over there. They're like, now we gotta fight about. It. But like, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't know. I think I just like, hey, it's just from here to here, it's just a bridge. If you want to get there, you go over the bridge. And it's like, that's kind of cool. It seems kind of like uh, like Phantom Tollbooth type of shit. But it's, I don't, I mean, that's the only type of natural barrier I do understand. You know, like, it's like, oh, we're, we have a waterway separating us. That yeah. is something different than this. Or a mountain like, range. This side yeah, of the mountain's even, us, that side of the mountain's them. That makes sense. But even mountain ranges are like pretty cut and dry like hard lines that you could you don't know where you're at and when you're at it but either way i don't know the fact that you're against borders is just fun to me in general <laughs> i mean i i'm not against them completely i just think they can be kind of silly in, in some circumstances i mean the silliest ones are the united states like yeah. and we learned that more than anything during this fucking pandemic it's like well, masks are here and here, even like within states, yeah. especially L.A., like L.A. counties are their own states. And like, it's like, oh, you can't wear a mask here. I was like, but I'm going to fly to Iowa, who like has an open coughing in a Chuck E. Cheese policy. Like, <laughs> then I can bring that back here. It's crazy how like they're like, there's a South African variant. And then it's like, it's already in North Dakota. I'm like, I don't know one person from North Dakota who also would go to South Africa. They are not travelers. Yeah, that's not that's not a destination on the North Dakota. The only South they're going to is South Dakota. Well, they <laughs> might check out like South Beach, but that's like the real exotic ones. <laughs> I, I think uh, it's funny how like uh, like the, watching the Super Bowl over the weekend. Where you had- did you like it? What do you feel? You're you're a sports guy. Yeah, well, I, like, I'm a, you know, I did a heavy set share of gambling on it, and I actually ended up coming out ahead. I had the Chiefs in that loss, but I had the under, which won, and I had a bunch of different prop bets on each individual quarter, players, and all that, and I did pretty well across the board on those. So, Yeah, I mean, and also, like, it was a rare Super Bowl where, um, I mean, I love the Chiefs. They're my 
probably third favorite team. You're a Dolphins like, fan, right? Yeah, I'm a big Dolphins fan. Well, not I'm as big of a Dolphins fan as you can be without living in Miami. Like it's just like, oh, they're on. I, I'll love to. I, I'll watch it, but like I'm not tracking it down to watch a losing team. But uh, but I do like the Chiefs. But you know what I like more than the Chiefs? A spiteful Tom Brady that is spiting the Patriots. He's spiting a team I hate. So it's hard not to root for that. It was like a Super Bowl where I'm like, either one I like. I like either. I like both of these teams just because like, I had to I had to explain to my friend, like, she's like, who's Antonio Brown? And I was like, well, because I was telling her, like, how Tom Brady's kind of like spiting, a pe- spiting yeah, people. Yeah, it's like a fuck you to Bill, Bill Belichick. And how Patrick Mahomes is actually, like, a really good dude and got paid a half a billion dollars, half a billion dollars and bought, like, the Royals. And then when it came to Antonio Brown, I was like, this is actually the opposite of those guys, yes. and he should be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, though, watching the game where it's, like, Florida man shit. Like, because the game was in Tampa, first time the team has played in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. And there's how many people Florida allows in the stadium versus, like, between Vegas and L.A. this year, two brand-new stadiums open that I believe cost a combined, like, $9 billion, $8 billion, something like that. And no, yeah, think- no fans got to go to either one. No. It's wild. I mean... Yeah, and your stadium in Vegas looks so cool. It's and dope. I mean, it looks amazing. And I guess that being said, it's only because I've been up close to that one because I've driven to Zion three or four times during this pandemic. So you drive right by it. Yep. The one in LA looks even cooler. And I'm it is I just I can't wait to go to a game and not watch one second while I walk around that thing on ecstasy. I'm just gonna take ecstasy and enjoy my time at that weird state SoFi Stadium and just like it's gonna be amazing. I think SoFi Stadium is more like the Enterprise, and then uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium is the Death Star. Yeah, well, that's what the nickname for the Allegiant Stadium is here in town. It's well, the Death Star. The, yeah. But the Death Star is bigger and cooler. Hmm. SoFi looks just so cool. I just want to be, I want to walk around it. I want to get, I'm becoming a UNLV fan since I moved here. Like that's, well, that up. that's a cool team. Yeah. It's a fun little bandwagon. They're not in direct competition with like my, any of my other favorite teams. They're Mountain West team. It's kind of fun to get a dog in that race. But uh, yeah, like I, UNLV's home stadium this like they were playing in Carson for most of this year or whatever, but yeah, their home stadium is the Death Star. They play at Allegiant. Yeah, so you can go to a college game. You can go to a, like a low level college game there at Allegiant instead of having to pay big NFL money. One time I went. Uh, I love the University of Iowa, and one time they uh, were um, they played. Okay, I was in New York City. Uh, randomly uh, on like right before New Year's and Iowa had some whatever seven and six seasons. So they were playing the pinstripe bowl uh, against Boston college. And it was in Yankee stadium. That's right. Yeah. They did the bowl game there. Right. So I went, I was like, dude, I'm in New York. I was playing in New York at Yankee stadium. I'm totally going. And uh, I went and it was, you know, negative 10. It was so <laughs> cold. And I just remember, so they had all the normal vendors from Yankees games, like vent, like tent, you know, tending bar and whatever, you know, working the hot dogs and stuff. These people were dis, 
disgusted by the fans because they're like never baseball. The latest you can get to is mid October, the latest. So they're there. They're like, you all are nuts. I fucking hate this. Like all the beer lines are freezing. Like it was cool. It was so fun though, to get to see a football game in Yankee stadium. It was really rad, but very cold. And the people who are waiting on you thought you were a disgusting piece of trash. That's hilarious. I went to, I've been to a baseball stadium football game once where I went to, uh, they used to do a pigskin kickoff classic at angel stadium sponsored by Disney as the first college football game of the year in August. Who, who would it usually be between? I, I when I went, it was Texas A&M versus Stanford. That's a fun game. And it was Bill oh. Walsh. It was in the early nineties when Bill Walsh left the 49ers and returned to Stanford to coach them for a couple of years. That's fun. Uh, okay. Was it good? Did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it was weird seeing wow. it, like the way the baseball field set up. It's so weird. Like, because I'm used to, I've been to so many angel baseball games there where I'm used to that field being for baseball. So it's weird seeing how they like manipulated it to turn it into a football stadium. Yeah, no, it was fun to see Hawkeyes paint it right in the middle of Yankee stadium. Um, what was, oh, oh, one time. Um, uh, oh, so Iowa played Stanford in the Rose bowl and like, I remember that 2015, probably 2015, 2015, 2016, either way, uh, one of those two years. And, uh, but I was gone. I was in Chicago. I was so pissed because I was, you know, playing, you know, 10, 10 minutes from my fucking house, but they got blown out so hard because of this guy I had never heard of, uh, who's now holds the all time Rose bowl, uh, total, yards record uh might have heard of him christian mccaffrey he was like a freshman and he he has over 400 all-purpose yards against iowa in that game and i was like who the fuck is this guy and then he cut to like the best all-purpose player in the nfl i was like yeah i yeah that adds up i saw him do that to ucla uh as a ucla season ticket holder him come into the rose bowl and throw up like yeah i think it was the one game i Remember, it was like 350 all-purpose yards where he ran a, ran a pump back for a touchdown, had like a receiving screen pass, receiving touchdown, ran another like a run. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it got like kind of laughable at the end. We were like, we're I was like, we're playing a, a guy on God mode. Well, and like when him, him too, with like the way Stanford would do it, where they'd put those extra linemen and tight ends out there, all these big burly dudes. But then McCaffrey can run wide receiver routes or like anything else. So it's just like you have this like jack of all like this like wild card guy with all these big beefy guys who can just outblock everybody, and he's yeah. just gonna like break free every time. It's crazy. Yeah, man, I forgot you're a big you're a more of a college football fan too. Because like I was just talking to my friend saying how now that uh, the Super Bowl is over, it's my favorite time of year. College basketball is my favorite sport. Well, well, I mean, I was into it for a minute this year until Iowa did what Iowa does. Yeah, they've had a couple tough losses here now. I mean allegedly I was like 15 and five. I've watched five of their games. They're Oh, and five in those five games. <laughs> so they are a, they have not won a game yet in my fucking brain. And I hate them. And that's why Iowa basketball is trash. I'm an Iowa wrestling fan. They're ranked number one. They're undefeated. They rock. Now I was basically number one in wrestling pretty much like every year, right? No, not since 2010. Not and they were ranked number one going into the NCAA's last year, and it got canceled because of COVID. So like, uh, they hadn't won in a decade, which is the longest drought they'd gone since the since like '76. So it was like finally, and then COVID. I was like, 
fuck. But they're ranked number one again this year. So hope think hopefully. Dude, Penn State took over for the last decade. I was really. say, my knowledge of Iowa wrestling basically is that on the original Save by the Bell, AC Slater wanted to get a wrestling scholarship to Iowa. That was his big goal. Yeah, I mean, when I went to the University of Iowa, they sold shirts at the Iowa Memorial Union that said AC Slater wanted to go here. <laughs> That's so great shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, AC Slater wanted to go to school here. Yeah. That is an amazing shirt, dude. That's it's a great, great shirt. Yeah. And we would talk about it all the time. We're like, man, imagine if AC Slater was here. <laughs> yeah, just shoving screech in a locker, R.I.P. <laughs> Honestly, RIP. Like, I mean, that guy had a troubled fucking life and then died of gosh dang terrible cancer. That really sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's a jail time, I think, right? For stabbing some dude in a nightclub. That adds up. You know what, baby? I take it back. <laughs> no, but who's uh, like Iowa's biggest rivals in college wrestling? I, I want to get a better Penn roadmap. State. Penn, Penn, State. State and o- Penn State and Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma State in the 90s and 2000s. Penn State completely took over. In the last decade, they won eight out of nine, and now it's back to Iowa. Iowa's rocking and rolling pretty hard right now. Isn't Oklahoma usually pretty good, too? Oklahoma, I don't think has won it since, like, the 40s, but Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, it has the all-time, and they won it, like, probably 2009. They had a real Oklahoma State and Iowa were the two like perennial back to back, back and forth. And then Kill Sanderson, uh, the greatest coach of the modern era, now coaches at Penn State. Uh, and he went to Iowa State. He was undefeated. He's yeah, only, I remember uh, reading about him in Sports Illustrated and stuff. Yeah, he went to Iowa State. My oldest brother was supposed to wrestle him in college, and my oldest brother didn't make weight on purpose. He missed weight by like 25 pounds because uh, he wrestled Division Three, uh, and like Iowa State was doing like a tune-up you know, before the season really started where they go and they run, my, my brother wrestled for a really good division three school. Uh, both of them did co-college and Iowa state like dueled co-college before, you know, they got into their hard schedule. And my oldest brother was supposed to wrestle Kale Sanderson. And I was like, you're going to be the guy who beats him. And he was like, no, I'm not. And he didn't, he's, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to make weight to get fucking lit up by that maniac. So he missed weight by like 25 pounds and his coach was all pissed at him. That's hilarious. That's crazy that your weight can fluctuate that much too. Like that's well in college, that's how much weight you cut. He he quit wrestling when his kidneys failed. Like that's how much weight he was cutting. Whoa, that's like some De Niro raging bullshit. Yeah, he um, yeah, he was like in the hospital with IVs in, and he was just like, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done, done, coach. That's that's it for it. Yeah, and I think his coach was like, Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, you heard. You ever seen the uh, the made for uh, ESPN when they were trying to make like the early two thousands where they were trying to make original content? They had that Junction Boys with Tom Berenger. Uh uh-uh. uh Tom Berenger played Bear Bryant. Okay, so Bear Bryant before he became the Alabama head coach, where he was a student at and played at originally, he coached at Kentucky and then uh, Texas A and M before Alabama. And his Texas A&M team, he wanted to toughen them up, so he took them out to, like, the West Texas desert in, like, 120-degree heat and made them run, like, the most brutal thing. And, like, one guy essentially almost died of kidney failure from the heat exhaustion out there and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, like, anyway, he, like, they're considered the Junction Boys because that team ended up going, like, 8-5 and five and beat Texas for the first time in history. Like, and that's the moment where the program kind of turned around. But uh, Well, I mean, in, when, when my brothers were in high school – 
Uh, I was uh, in like fourth or fifth grade. Three local high schoolers died from cutting too much weight in Iowa. Whoa! All in the same season, and they um, changed. At, they changed all the rules after that about cutting weight. You know, like when I was in high school, I remember something like that with football players with the ephedrine uh, supplements, where it was essentially like fucking bootleg meth, and they were taking it and going to practice and then like not hydrating enough and dropping down yeah. heart attacks out on the field. Like, yeah, that, uh, yeah. It was like, it was, it was like associated with like creatine. Like it was just like, yeah, it was like these diet. It was the, you know, um, late nineties dietary supplement fucking wild west. Uh, uh, and it was crazy. And then, you know, you're 17, you're growing and you're still trying to like cut all your, either way, uh, cutting weight is, very uh terrible um but like it's not even a necessary evil i don't know they just still do it yeah i heard a guy about i remember hearing about a guy in my high school that was roiding on the football team and like i always thought it's funny because he wasn't even starting it's like yeah. dude if you're gonna be a backup high school football player you don't need to juice man i don't think roiding is as much of um athletic thing as it is a psychopath thing yeah right <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you need to be good at sports to want to get strong. You know, I was funny. I was just thinking about this before. Uh, there's, I was like, there's three types of comics. There's the guys you want to, the people, comics you want to drink with and hang out with. Like, the, oh, they seem like a fun person. Then right. there's the one that like seem more introverted. Like, oh, they they're a little more shy or quirky or or weird or whatever. Offbeat. And then there's the they seem like misplaced MMA fighters. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> agro comedy, like. You know, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. There's like the guys that you're like, are you doing this to fuck chicks? Like, because the other two types of comics are like, oh, I think they really like this. Just some of them are like, you're right. Some of them like to do this and then also drink at the bar. And then some of them like to do it and then maybe, you know, go home right away. And then there's others who like to do it and then not hang out with comics and like hang out and want to shake hands and see everybody who watched them bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, like, I, I, I've never been able to like, ever. Every time I finish, like, uh, if I'm if I'm headlining, I, I'm like, well, if they want to come and say hi, they can, but I'm not gonna make them walk past me at the door. I'll yeah, be like, that's a creep move, dude. I'll, it's not it's not a creep move. It's totally fine. It's it's okay, especially if you're selling. If you're selling uh, merch, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I used and I sold my vinyl, and if I did, if I was selling vinyl, I would do it, and uh, because. Some people do want to buy it, but they don't want to bug you if there's a big line, you know, and if you're at the front, people kind of have to hurry because people are walking past. And I'm like, dude, you do not need to buy this. You do not at all like before. But um, if I'm not selling anything, I'll like in a step of being like, hey, afterwards, I'll, I'll, I'll be drinking at the bar. If you want to say, hey, you can. If you hated it, totally cool. Just don't tell anybody or whatever, you know, just like some bullshit. Yeah. Um, and uh, that works out great because the people who do want to come say hi and they like. They like my appearance on this podcast. They, you know, they'll come over and be like, "Yo, I heard you on the Bowser's podcast. Fuck yeah!" You know, like then that's that's I feel like the proper way to do it. Yeah, or you can. I think that is the way to do it because if you're not selling merch, the door seems like a weird move. You're like, no, it's like the MMA move. The I gotta shake everybody's hand firmly and look them in the eye every on the way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't have any merch anymore. I ran out of my vinyl, and I don't want to make it anymore. It's there, there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's a. Uh... Well, it's just like the pre the pressing for so to press like what I I pressed right? vinyl in, in 2015 and the minimum was ten thousand, oh, and man. you know it's six six bucks a pop I think when you do that much so six you know sixty thousand dollar up front 
uh, end up selling them all. But um, do I think there's 10,000 more people who want them? No. So I'm going to wait and just press my next. <laughs> That's probably, the, and that becomes a collector's item now too. You know, it's like one out of it was great. Yeah. I told people, I was like, there's 500 left and those 500 sold like within like that week. I was like, cool. That's awesome. That's I'm just going to lie next time and tell everybody right away. I only printed eight. And if you're listening to this and I have, I printed some cassettes of the sketch album I did. If you're listening yeah. to this and want one, uh, subscribe to my Patreon and I will send you one for free. That's where it's at, man. Yeah, I send free stuff over the Patreon. It's like so nice. Oh, you got to do my podcast. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't done mine. Okay, come on entry level, Scott. I'll bug you to come to uh, figure it out. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I, I will definitely do it. Because uh, it's about, for people not, um, for my listeners that don't know about it, it's about comedians talking about like their early first jobs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's about how bad we were at uh, anything yeah, else. Yeah. I had oh, un- Unbeknownst to us, uh, a global pandemic will stop all the momentum we have in our tracks. So when I was like 21, 22, I did, I worked a good chunk of that year out here in Vegas, setting up uh, and remodeling Albertson, like brand new Albertson stores and remodeling old Albertson stores. And they gave us a hundred bucks cash per diem at the beginning of the week to buy food. So I would just go on a bender like the first night and blow it all. The second you got the cash. I mean, like you got to do that. And I was t- and anyway, I my trick was you you like uh, when they set the toilet paper aisle up, you pull them behind, you crawl behind it, and you sit behind the toilet paper and you put put it in front of you, and then you can sleep back there. And they're like nice little pillows, and no one will bother yeah. you because they don't have the full stock yet. They just have all the facings for everything. Yeah, you got an igloo. Yeah, yeah, you got a little toilet paper igloo. But yeah, that that was my big trick. But I, that was my first experience coming to Vegas here, and I realized then, like, oh, I could probably live out here. <laughs> I like anybody who's first time in Vegas. They think I could live here. Yeah, because yeah, what's funny to me is like, dude, so many people like, how is it out there? Like, they think I live like in a dumpster under Caesar's Palace or something. Like, like I no. live at the Strip. It's like, dude, I'm way out in the suburbs. Like, honestly, if I didn't work right around the block from this, like two blocks from the Strip. I wouldn't even know it's there. That's not true at all. You live in the top of the pyramid with Carrot Top, and we all know it. <laughs> yeah, me and Carrot Top have formed a domestic partnership. What's yeah. going on with Vegas right now? Like, because here's here's my here's like a joke idea I had that's never going to work. But basically, like cruise ships are coming back, like pretty soon, and it's just kind of it's good. Like the the take is. Every cruise is now the Kid Rock cruise. Every single one of them. You are only getting the worst people who are not afraid of dying. That's all you're getting. You're Everyone getting is now mouth at Sturgis. Yes, every cruise is the Sturgis Kid Rock Smash Mouth cruise. Everyone <laughs> is just people who are like science ain't real and play the hits, uh, which has got to be what's going on in Vegas a little bit. Like, I mean, how is the Strip? Is it can't be too busy, but I bet it's still unreasonably busy i haven't gone down to the strip since all this happened i did go to my local casino a couple times once to get a sandwich at the place i like and another time uh to get some bets down for the preakness okay or the kentucky derby and so like that that was uh one time like it's weird like so a lot of them it's uh drink service only so you have to be at a machine or somewhere for uh like like a waitress to serve you but the bars, when they are open, they have like, it's like every other seat's available, like on the video poker bars. 
and then it's like huge plastic like they're all like it's almost like mini ba- like you ever go to like a ghetto bank it's like how the tellers are for that okay it's, it's yeah, like i mean it's I, i'm at like you know i'm hitting you know my capacity at like agreeing with everything anymore you know like uh cases are going down because people are getting tested less but i don't know but like I agreed to do my first show in a year, um, March 4th, 5th, and 6th. I'm doing three shows in San Diego, and I was like, it's warm. I don't have to fly on a plane. Yeah, SoCal uh, listeners, get your tickets for that. This will be up next week. So, yeah. yeah, 20% capacity. Uh, so there's only um, 40 people per show. And uh, I'm the like... Tickets will be $10,000 each. 10 bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks. No, dude, that's a, good, that's, a good, that's a deal, man. Yeah, so 10 bucks. And um, I had said no so many times that I was like, I got, fuck it. I got to work again. People come in. They, I'm not making anybody come. I'm not, I'm just going to do it. I don't care. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. And also it's in what, three weeks? COVID will be over by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely be done. I'm hoping it's, a, I mean, uh, it basically broke out. My, my birthday is March 14th. And like they're almost like shutting down the casino as I was there my birthday night. I was like the last time I really partied at a casino. Yeah, so, I mean, I was I was shooting my first special April second. <laughs> oh, dude! So I had uh, CJ Sullivan on recently, and I was the telling, best. I was telling him about this at Red Rock, where okay, so they have these like electric kiosks where there's like a live dealer for blackjack, a live roulette wheel, a live uh, baccarat dealer, and then like a virtual craps. And we all sit in like the stadium style seating in these like socially distanced kiosks and we can play whichever one of the games we want. But That's fun. Yeah, it is. And the drink service comes by real quick and it's like $3 minimum on blackjack. And if you and I are sitting there playing blackjack together, we get the same hand. So we, huh? yeah, yeah. We're playing the same hand against, against the, the dealer, the live dealer that's going on. But here's the miserable part of this. Now this sounds like the most perfect shit ever, right? Well, you hit and the other person doesn't. Well, no, no, because like even when you hit, like uh, you're basically locked in at that number or whatever. Yeah, but they can kind of, I guess, take the dealer card or whatever. You got to be on a team. Yeah, but but there's a lot of people playing and stuff. It's fun. I, I wanted to get like a tuxedo T-shirt and go James bootleg James Bond at the back rat virtual thing and be like, oh, I am playing the back rat. But dude, I was down there one time and uh, they had a comic doing crowd work to everybody at those things. Oof, woof. I think that might be the worst stand-up gig during the pandemic on the planet. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't envy that at all. I, uh, and I used to play. And he was in his casino uniform still, so I think he was like a casino worker. We talked him into like, hey, I want to be able to workshop some crowd work on these people on Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, casinos in general, sure. Casinos, while people are losing their money, oof. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a very very dangerous recipe for uh for for comedy. Uh, I haven't told this story on the show in a while, but my brother laughs because I've sold it a lot. But uh, when I on my twenty first birthday weekend here, I had coke fall out of my nose at the blackjack table and land oh. on the table, and, and uh, no one noticed because Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell walked by at that exact moment, and everybody was freaking out. And so I just like was able to cover it up real quick and. No harm, no foul. No, I don't, I don't like that story. <laughs> That's you don't like my Kevin Costner, Kurt Russell story. 
That's not a Kevin Costner, Kurt Russell story. That's a Bowser substance abuse problem. Okay. Well, I mean, I was 21. It's my 21st birthday. I feel like that's one of those weekends where you're supposed to be doing blow in Vegas, like if, if given the opportunity. Okay. I mean, sure. <laughs> now, if you're listening to this and you have a 21st birthday approaching, do not do that. That's de- very dangerous in times of COVID. Well, we have like, uh, no shit. Uh, we have a hard and fast rule over on entry level. No Coke on the job. Because people will send in like, yo, I got all coked up at Subway. I'm like, we don't like this. Cocaine <laughs> is for your own time. Weed is for work. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, you know, I, I'm not faulting you. I'm just saying like, that's a wild story. You, you, you're a wild man. That's a wild story. Yeah, no, I don't have a. I, you know what? I have a better celebrity story more recently. Uh I was with the sports gambling podcast guys were here. Like this was before the pandemic, like week one of 2019 NFL season. And, uh, best guys on the planet. Oh yeah. And, uh, I was partying with Ryan McKee. Me and he and I were partying it up down the street and he had to go, they had to go to a meeting with some like new sponsor or something. They were all in town and I'm at the bar drinking by myself. And all of a sudden Mark Cuban comes up and orders a drink next to me. And I fucking ended up getting a good selfie with Mark Cuban. I talked to him for a couple minutes and I asked him, which I think you'll appreciate this question of what I asked him. I was like, hey, do you think that uh, uh, your work at broadcast.com is what paved the way for the modern day podcast network? And he was like, oh, shit, we had, we had original lineups and all that. But, you know, it wasn't like it was live stuff. It was like live radio. We didn't think to have the podcasting capability with the RSS feed and stuff. So, like, I really impressed him on like a. Tech, like something I could like relate to him on on the on podcasting and whatnot. It was pretty cool. And you're a new you're one of the new sharks. Yeah, now I'm gonna be the 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 far far left shark. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, okay. And and uh, Scott, what do you think? I'll work for you. That's your <laughs> offer. <laughs> yeah, I would like to give you ten percent of my fortune to fulfill your destiny. <laughs> Can I actually work for you? This sounds like a good idea. <laughs> this is awesome, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I I get Jewish holidays off, right? Uh, what? How are you a shark? I asked Mark Cuban if he invented podcast. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, though, man. I. I I it would be, I always thought it would be fun to edit myself into Shark Tank because you can do that pretty easy with the easy background. I think somebody, uh, I'm not I'm not trying to say I know you, somebody's done it and it's really funny. I forget who did it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean that's a pretty easy bit. Yeah, like, but I mean, it is it, when I saw it, it was very funny. So I'm saying there's a great idea. Yeah, you know, somebody somebody beat you to it. <laughs> I think it's just somebody that keeps going. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect perfect hey. editing. Hey, so you teased us at the beginning, man, when you said uh, um, you almost got banned from Vegas when you were 22. I banned myself. You banned yourself from Vegas. So what's that about, dude? Uh, okay. So when I moved, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 21, right after college and uh, to work as a biomedical engineer and pursue comedy. But all my friends were still in Iowa and Allegiant, speaking of Allegiant Stadium, has cheap flights to Vegas, very cheap, like 80 bucks round trip uh, from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is where like I'm based pretty much or where I I grew up around there. So my friends and I found the perfect middle ground was Vegas. And so we'd go there because the first time any of us ever made more than, you know, $200 a month. And it was really fun. But um, 
we would showed up, show up in a black, we'd meet up in a full blackout and then just, you know, drink and gamble for, you know, but we didn't have a show lot of money up in a full blackout. That's we'd meet each other we, in the morning. We'd be like, it, we, we were just wasted, you know, drinking, like we called them octane one nineties. And we'd also always go shot extra shot for a dollar. Uh, Cause they put that extra shot in that octane one ninety for a dollar, which is like fucking moonshine and, and sugar moonshine. And we would just like, wear like the guitar that you'd sip out of the fucking slushy. But bottom line, I was pretty broke. Uh, you know, I was, it, it, and I probably had like $300 total to my name, like at total. And I took $20 to a, we're wasted $20 to a roulette table. And I let it ride on red. Just let it ride, let it ride just on red, nothing else. Just on red up to six thousand dollars i had (laughs) it blew up like i it was like i don't know how many in a row it is like it it goes quick once you really you know 80 162 what what, you know like 320 640 yeah so it happened quick you know it happened all within like 15 20 minutes but um get the crowd around you huge crowd i'm going nuts i'm you know i'm a showboat i got long hair at the time uh, and, uh, had $1,500, you know, I think I probably had like $1,800. So I pocketed 300, you know, and I'm just like, now I have $1,500. I made $300, let it go hit, hit again. So now I have $3,000, which is 10 times my net worth, <laughs> 10 times. And I should walk away at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I put it, I put $3,000 on red hits again. So now I have $6,000. People are, I can't watch. People are screaming. People are hugging me. Uh, and then my best friend choked me out, like choked me. Uh, and like, I'm on such a high, took me up, like, then like took my chips. The casino got involved. They thought he was like robbing me. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's my best friend. And he was like, he needs this. He needs like, he can't do this. Uh, you know, so we, we put, you know, he goes upstairs, puts the six chips, the six, whatever multicolor purple chips or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the safe. And uh, then we go out hard with the other $300, you know, because for us, <laughs> It's not hard. It's like $300 is a lot of money if you're not in a club. Uh, and then woke up in the morning and he just like dropped the six chips on me and was like, dude, that was wild. And uh, I just like had a sobering realization of like, I have a really big gambling problem if I was willing to bet 10 times my net worth on a marble. And <laughs> just was like, you know what? We're going to go out on top. We're never going to gamble again. And we're going to call it a net gain. And I'd say, I would, I'd say I've gambled small amounts two or three times since then, but nothing ever since then. Never stayed in Vegas since then. I was just like, and then I also got into camping after that and realized if you're in Las Vegas, you're within an hour and a half of Zion, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I'm just going to go to Zion, stuff like that. Okay. So it's the greatest, it is like one of the rare I banned myself from Vegas because of how well it went. Like it's it went a so good. And you know what, dude? You're never gonna hit, like have that moment again. Basically, like no, gonna... I'm never gonna. I will never ever like. Not that I'm doing great, 
but I would have to have like $600,000 like on the table to like feel the amount of pressure that I felt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It just, and that's, I don't want to ever do like, just like that was nuts. It was so crazy. Like the scary panic attack, like this is ch- life changing amount of money. And it was, uh, <laughs> and I want the fact that I went unscathed is a testament to like, I, I, I like cheat at death. And the next day, like, his name was Reese. Me and Reese were telling our other friends about it. And they're like, no, it wasn't that big. And then somebody goes, that's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> oh, so I, I banned myself from Vegas because of, uh, I don't think I could ever have, I, I, I'll always chase that dragon if I do it. Okay. Uh, you never, and you're never going to get that one again. No, I'm never going to do that well there again. I'll never do that well there again, ever. Like with March Madness coming up, that's my favorite thing to gamble on. I'm, I'm putting in for some vacation time to get paid to sit around and watch college basketball. But uh, one year, me and my brother and a bunch of friends went out to Laughlin for it. And out of the 32 first round games in the first two days, me and my brother went 28 and four. Whoa. And hit every single parlay that we, we felt good about. So, like, I hit like a five teamer, a fucking four teamer, a couple three teamers. Like, I went up like so much. We had, we were just flush with cash. Then I went on a crap table run where I think I left the crap table up like 500 bucks, but I was tipping like Goodfellas the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, so I saw, I probably tipped out like three grand while I was there, like on like a yeah. 13 hour bender with my buddy. Like it was just like, we were waiting for a, a cab and a red limo was there when I had that six, six K in my pocket, all in cash. And I go, how much for this? He goes, how long do you want? I go, how much for the day? He goes, $500. I go, absolutely. So (laughs) he just drove around in this fucking dumb red Hummer limo. This guy was, I mean, probably, I probably overpaid, but what to me, it was like, this isn't even my money. Yeah, Hummer Libo. No, I don't think you ever paid. That's pretty good. Five hundred for the day. That's a, that seems pretty reasonable, actually. Yeah, and he was cool or whatever. And we're like, can we drink back there? He's like, yes. This is Las Vegas, <laughs> and this is a limo. Yeah, dude. Like, I, uh, you know, it's funny. I noticed about the neighborhoods here is everywhere you go, they had to build uh, like concrete dividers in the middle of every street because there were so many DUIs of people coming home from places. Yeah, and it was just like they like fatal accidents went down ninety percent when they made it almost impossible to climb over on the other lane coming and oncoming traffic. Look, man, drinking and driving ain't cool, but do you see that the boss got a DUI in Jersey? I did not see that. I saw Tom Brady walk off the boat hammer time today at the. Yeah, that's fine, but like you know what's even crazier is some cop gave Bruce Springsteen a DUI. In. Yeah, come on, you, dude, especially in Jersey. That's what I'm saying. They didn't give him a DUI in. Anywhere else. Like, he's probably cruising home from, like, the fact that, look, the fact that Bruce Springsteen still drinks and drives makes me like him a lot more. I, I, like, <laughs> you know, he's old as hell. He's still drinking and driving. <laughs> has a billion dollars. Honestly, like, it should be in, like, the Jersey State Trooper handbook. Like, if you pull Bruce Springsteen over hammered, you give him a ride home and call in for backup to drive his car behind you or whatever or something like that. Yes. And the the worst part was I read about it. They go, he was super polite and cooperative. I go, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> you still got arrested. 
Oh man, that is hilarious, dude. I think that's a good <laughs> note for us to go out on. Um, everybody, check out Entry Level with Brooks Whelan. Uh, yeah, do it up. Anything else you want to plug, dude? Uh, no, nothing at all. Just uh, yeah, check out that podcast. I'm gonna hit up Bowser. We'll have to do one. And uh, yeah, if you like comedy, there's definitely I've interviewed a comedian you like. I've had pretty eclectic crew. There's 172 episodes. Um, I mean, everybody's done it from like uh, fucking Bill Bird, uh, Doug Stanhope to uh, Tim Heidecker. Like, run the gambit of comedy over there. It's I really just had good. Stanhope a, a few episodes ago too, and he was great, man. So funny, dude. Yeah, he's the best. He's, he really is the coolest dude. Um, yeah, check that out. And you were just on uh, Seth Meyers last week, right? Yep, I, I've done a couple Seth Meyers. He's uh, he's the best. Yeah, if you want to watch me mumble on Seth, yeah, he Seth rules. Uh. Really look up to him. Seth Seth Myers and John Oliver are the are two guys that uh, I go open up for on the road, and they're both um, uh, better dudes than you would imagine. I, I don't even want to say better. They're ex- we both know people on TV are fake, and I will say of all the late night show hosts, those two dudes aren't fake. Those guys are genuinely great guys. I love John Oliver's show. I watch. I try to watch it every week when I. When it's he's great. On. He's that's it's who so he funny. is. Yeah. Seth Meyers' show. That's who he is. I cannot say the same for the others. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is a fantastic Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me on this, man. And like, dude, when this pandemic's over, I hope you come out and I could take you to a couple of my local spots for like. I I'll think... take you to Zion. Oh yeah, dude. Like, I think you'll really like though a couple of my little like, like hardcore like there's an australian bar by my pad that i think you would love called Ooh. charlie down unders dude it's a 24 hour Charlie down unders jeez louise it's like carlos o'kelly's dude tw- 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 like 24 hour australian bar just down the street from my pad like it's like a six dollar uber away it's pretty fun sounds incredible i can't wait bowser thanks so much for having me on thank you so much for coming by and thank you all for listening bye-bye and that was brooks wheeling Make sure you check out, uh, you know, his specials, his albums, and his podcast, uh, Entry Level with Brooks Whelan. It's a fun thing, and uh, as you heard him say, I'm going to be on one of these days, so we're going to figure that out. Uh, coming up later in the week, I got my buddy Earl Skakel, another L.A. Kings fan, and uh, he's very funny, and we, I just finished recording that one, and we have a fantastic time. So that one will be up in a couple days. Thank you so much, everybody, and um, oh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LuckStopsPod. Follow us on Instagram, at LuckStopsPod. And if you want to help the show grow, and I'm trying to make it grow and get full video going for the YouTube channel, I think I just got the right camera. We'll see. I was playing with it earlier. But go ahead and uh, go over to a patreon.com slash LuckStopsPod. I have all kinds of exclusive content, bonus interviews, uh, drinking roundtables, all kinds of fun stuff. And that's all there for just $5 a month. And you know what? Next month, it's my birthday, and I'm going to make it available for $2 a month. That's right. I'm crazy, just like Crazy Gideon on those old commercials where you sit in front of a warehouse full of stolen merchandise. Thank you so much, everybody. I'm Scott Bowser, and I'll be back with later in the week with Earl Skakel. Bye-bye.